Was that on the podcast? Not yet, it wasn't. Oh my gosh, it was so close. <laughs> it was. You're going to clink around with your plate too? No, I'll just eat my cake. All right, sounds good. Uh, Let Them Eat Cake is a different movie. <laughs> That's a totally different movie. Diff- not really a different time period. No, not really. Okay. Uh, hi. 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 I'm Dan. I'm uh, Carrie. Uh, I'm Patrick. <laughs> wow, he forgot again. <laughs> All right, and welcome to the 2009 Academy Awards. We're still here. We're still doing this. What's our podcast called? Uh, if I Ran the Oscars, where we look at one movie from every year the Oscars were on TV. And we somehow keep dodging the... Well, we don't always dodge the big ones. We don't. I mean, we watched Ben-Hur. We watched we... Titanic. We watched Return of the King. But we, we did. did not watch Slumdog Millionaire this year. Which is kind of a bummer. Interestingly enough, Slumdog Millionaire did not have the most nominations. Oh. That was The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Which and which which, which had... I, I just made a grimace face. 13 nominations and 3 wins. Holy crap. Slumdog Millionaire had 10 nominations and 8 wins. So, you know... That's a better percentage. That was one, a fun movie. One I would imagine that. did better as a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, our facts for the year. Heath Ledger was the second performer to win posthumously. Okay. The first was Peter Finch for the movie Network. In okay. 1977, I remember going to see that film. And this was Joe. This was for Joker, obviously. Finch. I'm trying to remember what role Peter Finch played, but that doesn't yeah, matter. That doesn't matter. What we're talking and about. Wally tied Beauty and the Beast for most nominations for an animated movie with six. I really like Wally. It won for one out of Which the six. Which is a shame. I apparently there was a big push to get it nominated for Best Picture. Mm. With a lot of people, with a quote that I read saying, if ever an animated movie deserved Best Picture, it was Wally. Wally's got a really great story. Yeah. The writing is good. The, uh, just the the flow of the story is good. Mm-hmm. Too bad we missed that one. Too bad we didn't get, get to watch we'll it. We'll watch it ourselves. Choice. We'll watch it ourselves. It's, it's on a, the shelf. So right. Peter Finch was, in fact, the guy who killed himself on, on uh, network television on the film network. Ah, that I see. Was, Interesting mm-hmm. that he won an award for that. Mm-hmm. I see. Posthumously. All right. Well, in any case, we watched a movie called The Duchess, which I'll be honest, I probably hadn't heard of, or I did not remember hearing of. I didn't remember it either. Because in 2008, I was probably paying more attention to exploding car movies than to, you know, <laughs> movies about aristocratic women think, of the 18th century. Admit it, Dan. You're still paying more attention to exploding than, car movies. <laughs> than women in the 18th century movies. Yes. Okay, that's, that's fair. fair. Mm-hmm. Now, this is also based on a biography of an actual person, which means that most named characters in this movie are, are real people. characters. Are so real people. Ordinarily, when I'm looking at the cast list on Wikipedia... There, be, there comes a point where people stop having a Wikipedia page link. Sure. When they're just not... They, they really haven't done enough to warrant a Wikipedia page. For this one, they're the list of people who are real people and their real person mm-hmm. has a Wikipedia page is longer than the list of actors who have a Wikipedia page. Well, because they're... Well... Th- I was going to say because there continues to be a Duke of Devonshire, but that's not real because you can't inherit a rank anymore yeah. in England. And it's not a link to the concept of the Duke of Devonshire. It's a link to William Cavendish, 5th Duke of Devonshire, sure, who has his own Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, but in any case, uh, we can start off... Do we? 
How much do we want to actually talk about the real people involved? People can uh, look up this real story. Yeah, well, to. I'll, we'll we'll touch on Mr. Gray because it's I think that's that's, inter- that's interesting. But uh, we can start on Kiera Knightley, who mom's not. She's not my favorite actress. Yeah, uh, she has two Academy Award nominations, neither of them for this film. Uh, would you like to take a guess at when this daughter of two actors obtained an acting agent? How old was she? Four. Oh boy, good question. Yeah, probably pretty young. It is six. Ooh, I was close. And she worked in mostly commercials. So then, price of right rules. Price this is, is right, right rules. rules. I win. You would have been okay. I, I will say that there was a period of time when both Natalie Portman and Kiera Knightley were kind of in the popular movie zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And it is not helped by the fact that they are both in Star Wars Episode One. Right. Weird. One of them plays the queen. The other one plays her handmaiden. Weird. Mm-hmm. Who then dresses up as the queen at the end of the movie, and the queen dresses up as the handmaiden. At which point, everyone got confused. I'm still confused. I'm done. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, Karen Knightley's biggest role as far as... Like popular culture, I think mm-hmm. is going to be in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Where she is the pirate lady. Where she's Kira Knightley. Yep. Yeah, uh, Mom remembers her for being in Pride and Prejudice. Kira Knightley. Yeah, she just acts uh, like Kira Knightley. She was the third youngest Best Actress nominee at the time because she was nominated for Best Actress for that movie. Huh. I. Uh, she also, besides being the Duchess in this movie, she was. Anna Karina. Anna Karenina? Mm. Yep. In 2012. Another movie of yeah. epic proportions. Uh, her second Academy Award nomination was for The Imitation Game. Mm. I saw that. Which is the one with Benedict Cumberbatch being Alan Turing. I saw that. Uh, yep. She has. She was nominated for an Olivier. Yeah, well. She's married to a musician and appears to have had one spouse. So, you know. Okay. Well. Check mark in that box. Uh, we don't have to talk about Ralph Fiennes because we've talked about him before, but it is worth noting here in what very limited production blurb we have is uh, they basically had like, okay, we want Kara Knightley, and who? let's put out some feelers about who wants to play opposite her. And Ralph Fiennes said, yeah, I, I do that. And, the, and apparently their response was, F. <laughs> they didn't want, they were like, are, are we... Do we think Kiara Knightley can, you know, keep pace with Ralph Fiennes? Yeah, yeah. And apparently, yes, she can. I think she did it. I think they they were a good oh, pair. Oh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, so, the, the premise of this story is that the woman who is selected by the Duke of Devonshire to That's be his wife... the start of the movie. There's is, not, like, a buildup of her life up until then. Correct. It's, it she's is a, marriage time. She's a googly 17-year-old, you know, flirting with boys... And he's a, a, an older guy that thinks he needs to produce an heir, so he picks a 17-year-old that he thinks will breed well. Yeah, she is, and, you know, fertile. And so we talked quite a bit about the fact that this was... Uh, Voldemort and a 17-year-old. <laughs> and, and, you know, could he be more of a dick? And yes. we thought, no, he can't. But wait a minute, two scenes later, yes, he could. And then two scenes later... 
Oh, it's worse yet. It gets worse. <laughs> having wa- having watched a John Wayne movie from the early 1950s, mm-hmm. the chauvinism in this movie is just, un- you know, I can't stand it. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's absolutely horrid. And it, it just when you think it can't get any worse, it does. Yeah. And he just is more and more incredibly um, rotten. Yeah. And it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to our next person we haven't talked about. By the way, this will mark our Harry Potter count at one. Okay. Our next person is Haley Atwell, who played Miss Elizabeth Elizabeth Bess in this movie. Uh, She was nominated for a British Independent Film Award for Best Supporting Actress. So, someone thought she did a good job. Mm -hmm. Uh, She will tick our Marvel movie count to one, (laughs) as she played Peggy Carter in... The Captain America movie. Several films. Then the TV show Agent Carter, which is about her. Mm-hmm. Then one episode of What If, which is an episode where they imagine what if she was Captain America oh, instead mm-hmm. of Steve mm-hmm. Rogers. And then Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, and Avengers Endgame. But she's done some other things too. Uh, she was in the Christopher Robin movie. About in 2018. Oh, was she the mom? I think she's the hey, mom. She was in a couple of Doctor Who episodes. Ooh, we like that. <laughs> Go figure, huh? Yeah. And and she's going to be in Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. All right. And she's going to be Laura Croft in the remake of Tomb Raider TV series. She's too old for that. She, TV series. This seems like it's going to be a Batman Beyond situation. Like, it's going to be a Batman crap. Beyond situation where she's yeah. going to play Laura Croft and she's mentoring a new yeah, Tomb yeah, Raider. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it's right. Kind of funny. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. Uh, those of you who are know about Batman Beyond will appreciate my excellent reference, <laughs> and my parents will not. Uh, next True. person on our list to bring our Marvel movie count to two is Dominic Cooper, who Mom recognized as being Mr. Willoughby in a Pride and Prejudice... Miniseries. Miniseries. Mm-hmm. And Marvel fans no. will recognize better... Pride and if Prejudice? No. Sense and Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility. One of them. One of them... Blank, Jane Austen books. Blank and blank. <laughs> uh, if he had a uh, pencil mustache, you would recognize him better as young Howard Stark yes. in the Marvel movies. There we go. In fact... <laughs> He's so funny. In fact, he was in the same Marvel movies as Peggy Carter, basically, because they're both f- from the World War II era of figuring out superheroes. Uh, he also was in Mamma Mia. Oh, I didn't remember that. So that was fun. Oh, sweet. He was in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes, in fact. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that, so what would I know? So that's fun. I uh, Bringing our Harry Potter account to two, so we're at a tie okay. again. Simon McBurney, OBE. He's done some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the Manchurian Candidate mm-hmm. or Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 when they decide to split the last book into two movies. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which I just watched recently and I don't remember him in it. But wait, hold on, thinking. Nope, nope, I don't got it. <laughs> Trying to think based off his face. I can't remember what he was. Yeah. Uh, he was in a Robin Hood? Which Robin Hood was he in? Ah, the Russell Crowe one ah. in 2010. Uh, and that's about it for actors. There's just... It's a pretty small cast. It's a pretty small cast. Main characters. Mm-hmm. The list of on-shot locations is pretty impressive. Uh, the 
uh, biggest ones that I would see here that mean more than just it's a house who has a name is King's College in London and the Old Royal Naval College in Greenwich. So, Oh, were we at the Old Royal Naval College in Greenwich? Or not, maybe. I don't recall. Oh, yeah. And I did say that I wanted to mention something about Charles Grey because he is listed as the second Earl Grey and would therefore be popularized by uh, becoming a tea order in the future. Ah, oh, okay. But he, in fact, was a British politician who became prime minister from 1830 to 1834 and was a descendant of the noble House of Grey, despite in this movie them saying... Calling oh, him Mr. Grey. He's a, he's a nobody. Well, but but if he didn't have the title conferred upon him, mm-hmm. he was a descendant of the noble family, but the title didn't go to him. That uh, happens yeah. with landed gentry. Hmm. You will also remember in the movie that Mr. Fox was discussing the abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. <gasps> which he did! Which Mr. Grey did as prime minister in 1833. But Fox kept bringing it up. Fox kept bringing it up. And it actually is a thing that the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833. Oh, uh, I'm remembering it now. Yeah. He resigned over disagreements in his cabinet regarding Ireland. And Britain never had problems with Ireland again. <laughs> he says sarcastically. Oh, I was wrong. He's not named after the T. It's the other way around. The T's named after the him. The T's named after actually him. Yeah. Not just the Earls of Grey. It's specifically him. Wow. Neat. See? But there's Th- some see good the trivia we for you. Yeah. I'll tell you what I learned. I learned that without the uh, Wi-Fi extender, I can't be looking stuff up while we're doing it. Oh, I'm horribly sorry. <laughs> oh. I know. It's completely do you, unrelated to Do I need to, to plug it filming. back in? No. People don't need to know about our technology issues. <laughs> we do have technology. So, this movie, our main category that we rolled to talk about that was chosen at random because it won for costume design mm-hmm. and all oh, let me tell you it starts out with her it looks like silk the fabric does you know uh draped on and training on a lawn as she's walk and we're watching yeah. her backside as she walks away from the and camera. her outfit is different but not in the it's so obvious that you're the main character different, but in more in a... Not until we start seeing all the hats. Oh, yeah. Because all the other young ladies have small hats, and and she has an even smaller hat, but she has taller hair. Mm-hmm. So Kira Knightley's outfits are always just a little bit more than everybody else's, or her hair is a little taller, or it's a little wider. It, until or... they aren't, but that's for plot relevance. Mm-hmm. 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 But the detailing in the costumes is excellent. the the uh, The ribbon work is beautiful. The ruffles, the pleats, the the little chokers that they wear yeah. around their necks, the ruffles on their wrists. When you get a close up of a hand, it's just gorgeous. The, Embroidery yeah. on gloves. The 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 thing that I think us non costume people noticed mm-hmm. the most was when she unsurprisingly uh, has her clothes removed at one point. There mm-hmm. is. Uh, slight like indentation marks on her back from where where her corset, where her was, corset tied. was tied, and that's something that's difficult to do if you're filming because you're usually not going to film the entire clothes undressing scene in one mm-hmm. go, and so and she he was not going from corset directly to nothing on. It was there were a few intermediate steps, which means that either 
they had one tied on her beforehand and quickly removed it, said action, and then went. Mm-hmm. Or they make up marks on her back. Yeah. And either way, that's good attention to detail. Right. There was right, a right. lot of good attention to detail on the costumes. I mean, you were the close-up of hands and seeing what the gloves and sleeves and things like that. Close-ups on shoes. Yeah, little bits and pieces like that. Where you and when the shoes were attention. walking, and if you could see the bottom of the shoes sometimes, they weren't brand new. They looked like they had been scuffed. So, yeah. I mean, there was some really good detail to the way that they treated the costumes. But I'm costume nerd. Yeah. So. You, you have to have your chance sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know. That's where, you know, that's where my... Uh, yeah, I was looking at the list of go. makeup artists and, and hair dressers. It's a long list. It's a huge list. I mean, very clearly there there was a lot going on in that room. But I think that they did a good job of looking at what was extreme fashion at that time. Yeah. You know, this is... So, at the beginning of this uh, time period when this, you know, the film was set in 1774 was the beginning time that we were given and so you gotta remember that's right before uh the american revolution and this was high fashion these were high society people these were the 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 top people these are the people that you had to curtsy to yeah you had to genuflect to these people it's a big deal so not to take away from this movie's Mm -hmm. good costumes but the other nominees for costume design this year yeah None of them were anything close to... Even close. Ah. Well, Australia, which is sort of like yeah. Western outback. Mm-hmm. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I think is just like period clothing. Mm-hmm. Milk, which is suits. Well, but it, that was set in a particular... Time period. Time period, And sure. Revolutionary Road, which I don't know much, but the cover know. looks like it's a you know some sort of romantic drama. Mm. So... Yeah. None of them are really pushing the costume but envelope, these were and of course they did a they did an amazing job. And these were like almost every shot. It's a different costume. It's a different costume Kira with the women. It was amazing how many different costumes. So the costume designer is a guy by the name of Michael O'Connor, and he started off working in a costume house or you know well some because that's in, yeah. in fashion parlance. A fashion house is a designer that runs a, a particular, they call it a house, but that's their workshop. Yeah. This is where they have their, you know, their lines and their collections come out of a house. Yeah. In 93, he started working as a wardrobe supervisor. Okay. But then eventually went up to co- assistant costume designer mm-hmm. and was an associate costume designer on Harry Potter Count 3. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which I think is the third one. I, the, <laughs> the Harry Potter nerds will tell me I'm wrong later. But then he eventually got up to being a costume designer. He doesn't have a huge repertoire well, of I, being of mm-hmm. being the lead costume designer. Mm-hmm. The one that I thought was interesting is a in Iranian Islamic epic called Muhammad the Messenger of God. And this is coming from a place of relative ignorance to uh, what is what is proper in uh, Islam. But I was under the impression that uh, you didn't make images of Muhammad. And so making a movie about him seems like quite a lot of images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, of course, it didn't really win for a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But that's in, that, that seems like a 
bold movie to be involved with. Mm-hmm. Good job to him. I I think it's time to talk about our bonus categories. And the yeah. first one is, luckily for us, the other thing this movie was nominated for. Set design? Art, di- art, art direction. direction. Art yep. direction. So oh, set yeah. design. Yeah. Where it was nominated but did not win. So what won? Uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, which, which is the other sort of yeah. obvious. Well, The Dark Knight was in there too. Which I think, uh, I think is fair. Yeah, this is a very legitimate nomination, I think. Yeah. For this. for this one, I this is another group of people who didn't... It's I, Two people were nominated, because mm-hmm. you got one for art direction, one for set design. Neither one of them have really done a lot. They have a selected filmography in Wikipedia, sure. because there's just a lot of random stuff they work mm-hmm. on. Uh, but other movies on their list would be The Last King of Scotland... Mr. Bean's Holiday in Bruges, and let's go to the other person, uh, Cloud Atlas and Murder on the Orient Express. Oh. So, not, mm-hmm. like, they're not like legendary right. Right. Des- set well, designers. Well, that might have to do with uh, budgetary constraints. You know, they're yeah. picking people that they thought would do a great, really great job, but they weren't spending money for a big name person. This movie cost 13 million pounds. And got back forty three million US. So I don't know how to convert that. That's... The conversion's not great for the pound, as I understand it. Uh, it made back more than its budget, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a huge financial success. Mm-hmm. Well, I think because the story isn't the greatest. Yeah. Because you know, uh, if you want a story that's just oh, let's just see what, how much of a dick this guy can be, that's not a great story. As long as we're talking about other things with this movie before we get into other stuff, we can talk a little bit about uh, marketing because there were some marketing issues. One, studio executives wanted to use digitally altered images of Kiera Knightley in promotional materials. I would, I will give you one guess as to what they would like to digitally alter about Kiera Knightley. Make her boobs bigger. Correct. She did not like this for some weird reason, and they didn't do it. However... <laughs> Uh, Although multiple media reports suggested that the use of parallels between the central character's life and that of Diana, Princess of Wales, was being used as a marketing strategy, Knightley denied any such connection. Uh, In fact, they did do that. They, in fact, advertised this movie as being, look, she's like Princess Diana. Wow. And Kira Knightley and the author of the biography both said, uh... No. So wow. that's interesting. <laughs> wow. Well, and I'm going to say, I can't remember what Princess Diana. Uh, I'd have to look that up. I'll look that up while you talk about the but next say, thing. I can just poke it right now. 90-something, wasn't it? Uh, 97. Yeah. So it had been a while. It had yeah, been at yeah. least a decade. But in Britain, that's probably not long enough. Okay, so here, here's the funny factoid. Daniel's way faster with his phone. That's not a factoid. Everyone knows that. On my phone, I had only typed in the letters P-R-I-N. See, I so was already what... looking at a page, and I just had to poke no, a link. but I have to tell you what came up. Yeah? The first thing was Prince Cool Song by Morris Day in the Time. Number two, Prince Andrew Duke of York. Okay. Number three, The Princess Bride Film. All right. And number four, Diana, Princess of Wales. All right. Which I think... Wow. <laughs> it's a reasonable search for results. For four letters? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to the podcast. All right. Next, 
thing, best supporting actor. Which would be Dominic Cooper? It would probably be Dominic Cooper, but I think that we can cheat and talk about Ralph Fiennes. Okay, we can cheat and talk about Ralph Fiennes. Neither of them were nominated for anything. Okay, so for this film. I think that in the supporting actor category, mm-hmm. I think this would have been a difficult year because of Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Because not only was it the cool thing of posthumous, mm-hmm. but he also did a really good job. Right. Well, but who else was nominated this year? Uh, Josh Brolin in Milk. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, in Tropic and... Thunder. Yes. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman in Doubt. Okay. Which I don't know that. And true. Michael Shannon in Revolutionary Road. Uh, I think those were those were all movies that had uh, more compelling stories. Yes, I would mm-hmm. say that. And I think that that helps when it comes to an Oscar nod for yeah. acting. But even in like Best Actor, like if we considered Ralph Fiennes getting a good award for this, Sean Penn. For playing the title character in Milk. Milk? Yeah. Apparently yeah. he was very good in that. I mean, right, I, right. I'd yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Brad Pitt in Benjamin Button did not get Best Actor. This was a mm-hmm. pretty decent year for mm-hmm. acting. Right, right. And this movie, like, it was fine, but right. exactly. no, nothing overwhelming. Not There wasn't a lot of heavy emoting. Yeah. And you don't get awards for being a dick unless it's really bad. And That I, would be a different podcast. It would. And to, uh, I, I would say that my, my example for that, and he didn't win for it, mm-hmm. but I think Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Django Unchained, which mom Ooh. hasn't seen because that's a Tarantino movie. Fair. Uh, but dad has seen yeah. and knows that, yeah, no, the dickishness goes pretty high. It keeps going then, and yeah. going. Well, yeah. it's not, it's, in this movie, it goes from like a five to a six to a seven to an eight. In that movie, it goes from a two to a twelve. Yeah, <laughs> and it 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 becomes go time quite quickly. Oh dear! I uh, in any case, our, I don't want to watch that one. Our last bonus one is sound recording. That's and her that, heels that, clicking that's, on that's the floor. Score. They did do a an interesting job of of shoes on the floors, hard surface floors, because mm-hmm. of course this is ye oldie times, so there's no carpets. Yeah, I do. Or find... you know, people having sex in another room. Yes. There was that. There was there was reasonable foley, but mm-hmm. interestingly, sound editing and sound mixing went to different movies this oh. year. Sound editing was for Dark Knight, and sound mixing was for Slumdog Millionaire. Hmm. Also mixed in these movies, besides those two, mm-hmm. again on each other's yeah. award, Iron Man, Wally, uh, and Wanted, and Benjamin Button. Hmm. So movies who needed good sound, and this one didn't. Yeah. It really didn't. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. A film I would not have watched if, you know, if you had put Netflix on, you know, roulette spin mm-hmm. would be the only way I'd possibly watch this mm-hmm. movie. But And it wasn't on Netflix. It was Which on Amazon Which is essentially Prime. what we did. Yeah. No, it was on Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I hadn't... I'm a costume person. I love to watch a good period drama and oogle and ogle at the costumes. And I had not seen this one. Mm-hmm. So... But it was it was very worthwhile if you're interested in that. In the yeah, costuming, it was really mm-hmm. well done. Yeah, it was very beautiful. But other than that, I don't know that. Yeah, the story didn't compel me. Yeah, I just no yeah. fun facts. No, you can't get I, Wi-Fi? I don't have any new. <laughs> That's fun our fun facts. fact. All right. Well, then we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. Bye. Bye.